everyone. My name is Alex and welcome to the New Wine Podcast. I am so happy that you are listening today and tuning in for season two, episode three. Today we are talking about generational healing. This topic was the top two topics of when I did a poll last year on Instagram. A lot of people voted for me to speak about generational healing. And I feel like I have experience in this area just from my own healing journey, but I also know I'm not an expert in this. So I know this episode won't necessarily be a one shoe fits all, one size fits all, because we all have different stories, different families, different traditions and the ways that we grew up. But I do know that we all know the same God. And I've asked him for wisdom as I record and film for this episode. And it's like the first time we're speaking about this on the New Wine Podcast at all, ever. So this won't be a one-stop shop conversation. Um, I'm going to keep this conversation going and hopefully be able to collaborate with other podcasters or influencers who like to talk about generational healing or even you as a listener, if you feel as if you have some expertise in that area, help a girl out. Send me a DM on Instagram at underscore new wine podcast. And I will, we'll, let's just touch base and see how we can just bring more conversations to the podcast. But I'm happy to start today and every single week in season two of the pod. I'm going to start with this question. If you've been listening to the previous episodes, I'm going to start by saying it's time to pour it up. Now, when you heard that on season one, we were talking about pouring new wine into a glass. This season, when I talk about it's time to pour it up, I'm talking about pouring into ourselves, checking in on ourselves. How are we doing today? So I'm gonna ask that question. How are you today? How is your week going? How are you feeling? Have you taken time this week to do something just for you? Whether it's like take a walk outside, by yourself with music in, leave your phone at home, you know, doing something that you can just connect with yourself on. Or one of my favorite things to do for me is I go through Chick-fil-A drive through and I just get a fry and I sit in my car and I eat it. And it just makes me feel better about life. You know, whatever it is that you want to do for yourself this week, I encourage you to do it. I encourage you to check in with yourself. I encourage you to figure out how you are actually doing and not just the one word answer of, oh, I'm fine, fine. Everything's fine, 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 fine. And maybe it is. And I, and I, I celebrate that with you. Even when we say things are fine, it's still some exaggeration that's needed to, to those words. So maybe you're in a place where you always say like, everything is fine. And when a friend reaches out to you like, hey, what can I do for you? You're like, oh, nothing, everything's fine. Maybe this week, you actually let your friend step in and help you out. You know, if someone reaches out to you and says, hey, you were on my mind, you need anything? Say, actually, yeah, it would be helpful if you did this. It would be helpful for me if you did X, Y, and Z. So, you know, start to do that in your life. Start that practice in your life. Start allowing people to help you if that doesn't come natural for you. It's something that I'm learning to do. It's something that I practice a lot in 2022. And I'm going to even, I'm going to get better in it in 2023. But you know, this month it starts, well, this, <laughs> this podcast starts a brand new month. It's March 1st and March is time for like all things spring. Hopefully wherever you're listening to this podcast, it is not snowing where that is just not the case anymore. Um, I know here in Texas, it is not snowing pretty much ever. <laughs> so 
I'm getting ready to welcome in springtime, blossoms, new growth, you know, just being able to see the trees come back to life, the flowers come back to life around me. And just like soak that good weather in. March is also my birthday month and I'll be turning 30 this year. So I'm really looking forward to turning 30, but I'm also just looking forward to what this month will bring. So cheers to all of you as you all welcome in a new month too. And, you know, as I start to think about generational healing and even just this brand new month and me turning 30 this year, like, wow, (laughs) 30 years old, Alex, like, girl, what are we doing? What are we doing? But when I think about the past 30 years of my life, I realized I didn't make it here on my own. It was my mother and my father, their parents, their parents, and their parents, and their parents, and their parents who have made a way for me to be here. You know, it was generations of patience, generations of love, of endurance, of grace, of forgiveness of showing up when it was hard, of living through grief, of parenting on good days and bad days, keeping the faith when it was hard, keeping the faith even when it was good, you know, making mistakes, having to shift gears, having to move cities, having to move houses. You know, it it was a lot that I've seen in the past 30 years. And but even beyond the past 30 years of my life, the generations that have come before me chose to live their lives in such a way so that I could be here. And I always remember and just like soak in that love that I feel in my body from my family because I'm just so proud to be from the family that I'm from and engulfed in love, you know, so deeply. But, you know, I also think about the bad things that I've had to unlearn that have been passed on from generation to generation, you know, things that probably my grandmother or or grandfathers or cousins or aunts or whoever, you know, dealt with that is kind of just been passed on in lineage. And I've had to unlearn some of those things as I've gotten older. And as I've become more self-aware, a lot of times we don't even know, you know, what, is on us until we get in sticky situations or we have to make tough decisions and we're like, oof, I didn't even know that was in me. I didn't even know I could respond that way. I didn't even know that I would be so negative towards someone. Like, where did that come from? That's not usually in me. Some of those things, you know, are just because sin exists in this world. And some of those things have been passed on from generation to generation. You know, when we look at When I look at my life and I look at my family and the choices, the history of choices, lifestyle habits, you know, character traits from my family, I definitely find similar traits within my own life and patterns in my own life that I see that I saw other people in my life have too. One big thing for me that I've had to outgrow from previous generations is the spirit of procrastination. So easily I could put something off, you know, procrastinate to make a phone call when I feel like I need to just make the phone call. I can just make the phone call today or procrastinate to get something done when I could have just done it today. You know, just putting things off because I feel as if I have more time or I'm just simply being lazy. I've had to work through that spirit to really break out of it and receive the freedom that God wants to have in my life in that um, specific situation and procrastination. You know, how I've allowed God to do that within me is, you know, whenever, for example, like I have a due date coming up 
I'm filming for the pod. Whenever <laughs> I'm filming for the podcast, I have certain deadlines I have to hit, you know, for it to get edited in the proper amount of time for myself to like approve the episode and like really think that it's good content to put out as well as loading it into YouTube, loading it into Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts and putting it out there. Like I have to stick to such a schedule so that I'm not overwhelmed and trying to do things at the last minute. So how I show up for myself in that way and I defeat the spirit of procrastination is I get up and do it. I don't just sit around and wait for the last minute to come around. And my life simply at this moment can't afford for me to wait to the last minute. I have a full-time job that I that requires a lot of me. I have other obligations in my life that I want to be fully present for. And I think when, if you deal with procrastination like I have, you know, you will miss a lot of the moments being present in in your life because your mind is always thinking about, oh, I got to do this, I got to do this, I got to do this. And you will miss being present in that moment. And so that kind of that kind of has challenged me. God has challenged me in that. I've grown a lot in that area. And, you know, when you look at past generations in your life, some things are probably good and worth holding on to. And some things, maybe not so much. Maybe it's not something that you want to take on for your life or for your family and your future, you know. But I also think about those of you who, you know, may come from, may not have a good experience in your family at all. Like maybe your family history is not as cookie cutter as you would like it to be or or as you would have deserved. I know that's difficult territory and it's a weighty topic to talk about when we think about family histories and like things that have been spoken over us from family members, things that that have been done to us by family members, things that family members specifically, you know, have caused harm in our lives. And a lot of those things get on us and stick to us in a way that limits our progression in life. So I hope that even in this episode that you don't feel hindered by the lack of love that you may have experienced in your family. I hope that you don't feel hindered to receive God's grace, even though you did not even know grace existed ever. I hope that you get to feel the presence of God wherever you are and you get to see how your life can start something new. You may have not had the best example in your family. You may not even have the best examples in your friends or close neighbors. And I hope that even without those good examples that you had growing up, that you can look at your life today and realize that something new can start with you. New wine can get poured into you, which brings me to like, I just want to open up to say this season is talking about pouring new wine into new wine skins. We cannot let the new things that we're learning continue to sit in old places because we'll become stagnant. Our lives will feel like it's on a hamster wheel. We want to be able to pour new wine into new wineskins so that we can be fruitful, so that we can multiply, so we can be cheerful and joyful and flavorful, you know, to the people who are around us, you know. Let it be said of us that I want to be around Alex. I want I want to be around her because she just gives something different, like something's different about her. And I want that to be said of my life, but I also want you to want that to be said about your life too. Where are those areas of your life right now that need that morphing, that need that changing, that need that newness to be inserted into it? So maybe you 
as a child, you didn't get the right love from your parent, from a grandparent, even from maybe a foster parent. You didn't get the right love that you felt like you deserved for them. And that probably made you very lonely, very insecure, very, you know, feeling as if you're misjudged. Or it could have also made you angry. It could have made you feel as if you have to defend yourself or you have to look out for yourself because no one else will. I want to say, you know, the reality of life is that those people who weren't able to give us those things as children probably won't be able to give us those things as adults. Even when you may have children, the people who didn't show up for your life may not be able to even give that love to their grandchildren, you know. And as hard as that is to accept, the biggest thing that I've learned in my life, not necessarily in this specific situation, but over time, is that. God restores. He uses everything for your good. And so even though you didn't have those good examples growing up, and maybe you feel as if you don't have the good example now, you can be the good example. And I don't want that to even sound like burdensome because God is with you. You're not carrying that load alone, but you can become the example that you need for your life. You can become the example that your children need for their life. The book can start with you. Like you can start something different. You can change the generations to come. You can give your family a future to look to, a future that you didn't have anything, you know, the future that you didn't have to look to when you were a child. Like you can change those things in your life and you can be the mark for your family. Like I, I desperately believe that. And I know that it may not be easy. I know that it won't be easy. (laughs) I know that it's not easy to be first all the time. It's not easy to start a new tradition or to break generational curses for you to be the one going up against warfare. It's not easy to be that person, but you get to lean on the person who, who knows it all. You get to lean on the person who has the full understanding of your life in his hands, which is God. So. If you're going to be the first person in your family to take a stand, to not speak negative to your children, to not speak down on your children, to show love, to show compassion, to show, you know, your emotions. If you're going to be someone who wants to speak to your children, not just yell at them and not just demand things of them. If you're going to be an understanding parent, you have to start with understanding yourself and understanding the grace of God over your life. He's letting you listen to this podcast because he has something new for you to do in your family. Even when I think about myself, I think about I had a good child, had a great childhood, had a good childhood. And I had parents who were present, who were there. Did they miss the mark on some things? Yes. Did that affect me in the long term on some things? Yes. And I'm having to do the work to become better now. But I think as I lean into the growth and healing that my life is progressing into, I'm able to look back and say, you know what? They didn't get it all wrong. They got a lot of stuff right. (laughs) And the things that I'm having to work through, like I'm going to I'm becoming a better person and I have grace for them, for my parents. I have grace for their parents and their parents and grandparents and all the generations who came before me. And you know what else? My children, potentially my future children, by the grace of God, will have things to work through, too. Hopefully it's not as much as I had to work through. (laughs) But 
at the end of the day, no one gets it all the way right, you know, but God does get it all the way right. And that's why I'm saying if you don't, if you've never had that example around you, or even if you did have those good examples, but you're still having to work through things, lean on God. He's the one who can help you navigate that new territory because it's tough to dig up old memories and have to look at it and process it and work through it with a therapist or with the Holy Spirit or with, you know, just wise counsel around you. Like it's hard work, but it is worth it. And you become better at the end of it. So I kind of splurged on a lot of stuff, but I am going to give us kind of like, what do we do at the beginning of generational healing? Where does it begin? You know, where does it start? And I like to start this conversation with giving us five steps and they all start with an R. So I think that's cool that God kind of gave me these steps. They all have the same letter, but so it's easier for us to remember because this is a weighty topic. And like I said, it's not a one shoe fits all type of episode, but I'm going to keep talking about generational healing and leaning on the wisdom of others so that we can walk in a healthy direction for our current families, for our future families, and for the generations to come after us. Because the new you that's coming out of this time is worth it, you know? And it can feel scary. It can feel like it's never going to get better in the in-between while you're healing. It can feel like the promise of stability or healing is kind of far in reach, but it is worth it. So Okay, so I want to give us these five steps, the five R's to generational healing. The first R is to resolve the past. Resolve what happened to you. This isn't even asking you to take the step of forgiveness just yet. It's just saying resolve what happened to you. Allow yourself to accept what happened to you. Allow yourself to be okay with accepting what it was. So I think think about this story in the Bible and it's Mary and Martha and their brother Lazarus had died. So they find Jesus and Jesus comes to their town and he knows them and he actually was very saddened by Lazarus' death. So Mary and Martha find Jesus and they're crying, of course, they're grieving over the loss of their brother. And they say, Jesus, if you had just been here, my brother would not have died. How many times have you, ha- have you had you know, that that moment with Jesus, like, God, if you would have just been here, if you would have just been with me as a as a young child and I wouldn't have to then I wouldn't have to even feel the hurt that I felt over my life. If you would have just been there to heal my mother or my father, then I wouldn't have to be dealing through dealing with their traumas on my life. If you would have just been there, this would not have happened. They had this real and raw moment with God that I invite you to have with God as you begin to resolve what happened to you and resolve the past. But they had this real moment where like, God, Jesus, if you would have just been here, my brother would not have died. Then they say, but even now, I know that you can heal him. I know that you can raise him from the dead. And we know the miracle of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead after this cry came from Mary and Martha. So a couple of things I want to say as I thought about this story. When those troubling things happen to you as a young child, as a teenager, even as an adult, when those troubling things happen to you in the relations of your family, of generations, and you felt hurt from the people in your life, 
Jesus was with you. Jesus weeped with you. Jesus saw every tear that fell to the ground. He saw every every wrong word that was said against you. He saw every hit that could have came against your body. He saw every abuse that came to you from a family member. He was there with you. He didn't leave you. He didn't forget about you. He didn't say, oh, well, just let her, let her, let them deal with it. Like, no, that's not the God that we serve. He's not someone who leaves his children. But because we are in this earthly system, we're in this world of sin, bad things happen. And that's not what you deserved, but that is what happened. And so when we talk about resolving the past, it's accepting, yes, this happened to me. But just like Mary and Martha said, it doesn't end here. Even now, you can still do the healing work that my life needs. So I ask you to say, as you resolve and accept the past of family hurt, generational hurt, and you walk into a life of generational healing, that's not just going to be for you, but it's going to be for generations to come after you. I ask you to say that even now, Jesus can do it. Even now, he can help me get over this. Even now, he can redeem my story. Even now, even if it's been 20 years from something traumatic that happened to you, even now, God can do his best work and make your life beautiful from the ashes that you experience. And I truly believe that. And I and I encourage you to read this story if you have never read it before of Lazarus being raised from the dead and read those words of Mary and Martha, how they were so sad and how Jesus even was sad and, and cried because he was sad too. He knew that he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead, but he still weeped. He still felt the pain. He still felt the tears. He cried himself because he felt that inner pain of losing someone that you love. And that is how Jesus is with us every single day of our lives too. He feels the sad moments with us. He's not a God who is distant from those moments. He feels it with us and he still comes to us and he grants us healing. And that's what he's going to do in all of us as we continue to walk out generational healing. So That's the first R, resolve the past. The second R is to release your fear over the future. I bring this up because a lot of times when we experience generational hurt, we can get stuck in framing the rest of our lives based off of what the past has looked like in our families. So when I talk about releasing your fear over the future, I truly mean commanding fear to leave your mind, commanding fear to leave your body, to leave your habits, to leave the way that you think so that the newness that's God, that God is bringing into your life, the newness that your life is walking into can fully blossom. It's like, you know, if someone who was raised in a broken home and dealt with a lot, you know, within that system of living through a broken home where you're going between homes, you're going to mom's house this weekend, dad's house this weekend. You're seeing them, you're seeing your mom and your dad, maybe they're on good terms, maybe they're on bad terms, but you know, it's 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 a lot to navigate through as a child, even as an adult. But let's say this person who was raised in a broken home now begins to have their own family. They're going to have to remember that the past does not shape their future. And the way that they do that is to release the fear of the past coming up and taking the future of their lives. And every single day, this person can get up and say, 
My family is going to stay together. My family is not going to repeat the past. My family is going to know who we are. My family is going to get help when we need it. Like my family is going to do something different because I'm going to take control of what I can do so that God can release me into the future that I know I deserve. You know, the contrary, on the contrary, someone who wrote, who was raised in a broken family can often find themselves repeating those same patterns when they start their own family because they just assume that that is how their life has to end. But I'm telling you, that's not how it has to end because God is a redeemer. He's a restorer. He restores your mind. He restores your heart. Then he restores outwardly too. And if you have fear over the future, just put your fists together like you have a stick in between your fists and then just break the stick. Release the fear over your future. Break it up. Fear has no part. Fear has nothing to say when it comes to your future. And the more that we walk in that, the more that we're intentional every single day with speaking death to fear, with saying, you know, fear has no place in this house. Get your worship songs going, get your family on one accord and moving in a new direction. And then you become the example that your children now can look to and say, you know what? My parents stayed together. They had some tough times. They had some moments that I'm sure they struggled, but they got through it. So Maybe that is how my life can end up. Like you give your children, you give the people around you another, a different example to look to. Release your fear over the future. When I think about Jeremiah 29 and 11, and it says, I read this on last week's episode. It says, God has plans to prosper us, not to harm you. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. If ever you're discouraged or wondering, what is what is the future that God has for me? It's a plan for a future and a hope. If you're wondering, does God have good plans for me? Is God for me? Is Or is he against me? Because my life feels like he's against me. Remember Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. He's boldly speaking this out. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you plans to give you a future and a hope. Speak that verse over your family, release your fear over the future, take the step, break the stick, and no longer let the past control what's in front of you. Number three, it says, remember what was good. Like I mentioned earlier, when I talk about, when I say remember what was good, you know, I grew up in an amazing family. I cannot thank my parents enough for all they gave for, gave to me and my sister, for all the sacrifices they made, for all the things that they endured from a very young age, starting a young family, you know, to where they are now. And even with those good moments, obviously everyone has moments where it didn't feel so good and, that, and my life is no different from that. And so when I talk about remembering what was good, I speak to that because it's important to remember the good things that happen in our lives. We can illuminate all the bad and it can be so high that we forget that good even happened. <laughs> like we forget that good moments happen, good memories happen, good things happen. And it wasn't just this big, you know, ball of bad experience or bad or bad memories. And so if you have a similar past as mine where you have still working through stuff, but you're like, man, was my childhood like really bad? Because I'm just feeling all this, you know, look at old pictures, talk to your family, remember what was good. Because 
I'm telling you, it's probably more good moments than there were bad moments. And when you remember the goodest and you put that at the forefront when you're trying to live your life, you're like, man, I'm so grateful for my family because you remember the good, not just the bad. I also say if there is nothing good that you can remember, I'm so sorry. That's the first thing I kind of want to say is like, man, that's very tough. And for you to still be standing today and, and hoping for something different for your family says a lot about you. So if there's nothing good that you can remember from your childhood, if there's nothing good that you can pull to the forefront of your mind, create it for yourself. You be the difference maker. You be the one to create the good for your life. Whether you have kids or not, whether you have a spouse or not, even if it's, if it's just you as a single person, woman or man, create the good, be the good, create the good memories for your life. So then you have something to, something to remember, write those things down and keep track of the good that's happening in your life currently so that when you get 20 years from now or 30 years from now, you can look back and be like, man, I have some good moments in my life. It's not just filled with bad moments. And do the same thing if you have children or if you have a spouse or just close friends who you keep up with, create good memories with them. You know, a lot of times our families that we call family aren't, they aren't blood related to us. And that's okay. You can have a family and have memories and have generational legacies with people who are not in your bloodline. And you can create love within those walls. You can create safety within those walls. You can create respect within those walls. You can create good memories that you can live on to remember as well as they can live on to remind you of. So remember what was good. And if there is nothing good that you can remember, create it for yourself, even if it's not with your own family, even if it's with friends or a community at church or coworkers who you've been drawn into. Number four is receive God's grace over your family. This kind of gets into this topic of forgiveness, which is heavy and hard to do, um, especially if you if if a lot of the bad things or traumatic things or hurtful things have been done to you by family members. But the first step before we even get to forgiveness is to receive the grace from God over your family. Know that God has the final say over your family. God also has the final say over you. So when I talk about receiving the grace, receive the grace, like receive who God is in your life, receive who he is as God. He's sovereign. He's Lord of Lords. He's King of Kings. He came and sent his son to die on the cross for us so that we can have relationship with him. You know, he gives to us when we don't deserve it. He allowed you know, good things to come into our lives or blessings to come into our lives when we weren't, when we were least expecting it. And it's not by works, you know, it's not by the law of you being a good person. So you get all these good things. This is just simply who God is. He gives good gifts to his children. And so when I think about receiving God's grace over your family, it's kind of like picturing your family kind of like all tight, like in a circle, like standing next to each other, like in this tight little circle. And God just pouring out grace over your family. Like you may see people in that circle who don't deserve it. You may see people in that circle who did you wrong. But God is still pouring out his grace because he loves his children. He loves his creation. He 
wants everyone to come into relationship with him. As you're saying on the outside of seeing your family receive the grace of God, receive love from God when they didn't even give you love, God's going to bless you even more. He's going to set you aside and set you apart even more when you're able to accept the grace of God over your family. This is the first step before we even get to forgiveness because forgiveness does not mean, you know, I accept them back into my life. I have to talk to them every single day. I don't have to have boundaries with them just because I forgive them. You know, forgiveness just says you can get the grace of God too because I received it in my life. Like you can get forgiveness because I don't want to become bitter. I don't want to become angry. I don't want to become judgmental. I don't want to become hypocritical. If I'm going to receive the forgiveness of God, I want you to receive it too. Now, listen, we ain't got to talk. I don't want to talk. I I don't want to have a relationship with you. There are going to be clear boundaries here that limits me from being hurt again. But you can receive forgiveness because you're a child of God at the end of the day. And even if that's hard to hard for you to say, I have this song that I love. It's by Matthew West. Here we go. It's called Forgiveness. And it's like, forgiveness. He starts this song and listen to this song if you if you struggle with forgiveness, because I play this song and I'm like, all right, God, you're with me. I can forgive. I can forgive people who hurt me. I don't have to be back in their lives. I don't have to welcome them back into mine. I don't have to keep pictures on my phone of them. Like I can delete it. I can start my own holiday traditions if that means that I won't be connected to them because that hurt and I don't want to be around that anymore. But I do want to offer them forgiveness because I want to receive forgiveness in my life. And I want to have forgiveness in the generations to come after me. But this song is by Matthew West called Forgiveness. And some of the lyrics are, it's the hardest thing to give away. And the last thing on your mind today, it always goes to those who don't deserve. It's the opposite of how you feel when the pain they cause is just too real. Takes everything you have to say the word forgiveness. And I've been there, man, where it's taken everything inside of me just to say, I forgive you. And I don't always say it to that person. I can count the time, probably the times on my hands where I've like actually said like, forgive me to the to a person in front of me. It's mostly like internally when I'm in prayer with God, I know I'm harboring hurt and I'm carrying around stuff and I'm I'm still remembering, you know, all the things that they did to me and I'm I'm still angry at them. I'm like, okay, God, help me to forgive in this moment. And I release them to you because I want to be forgiven too. Like, listen, to, listen to the scriptures of this song because forgiveness, like, like this song said, it says, it'll clear the bitterness away. It can set a prisoner free. There is no end to what its power can do. So let it go and be amazed by what you see through the eyes of grace. The prisoner that it really frees is you. It's not easy to offer forgiveness to people who've hurt you, especially family members or those who you would have considered family to you. It's not easy to give forgiveness, but it is possible. And when you make the decision to forgive, it releases you. It doesn't just release you from all the torment in your mind about that person. It releases you to just think differently, think about life differently, open up your life to more things that are happening around you, allow better people to come into your life, people who intend to do good towards you. It allows for that open door to be open. And so I ask all of you to take the step in forgiveness for whatever that is for you today. Take that step of receiving God's grace over your family and then releasing forgiveness. 
write those names down this week. Those who like, as you listen to this episode, you're like, Phew, I don't know if I can forgive them, Alex. I don't know. Like, that's tough. I don't know. I want you to know that pain is real and forgiveness doesn't say that that pain is not real. Okay. So write those names down that have caused immense pain towards you. Or maybe, you know, have caused you to feel anger towards them. Write those names down this week. Pray about releasing forgiveness to those names. I'm saying this slowly because I know it's hard and I want it to land on good ground as I speak it out because it's tough to do, but it is possible. And you releasing that forgiveness releases you as a prisoner to them. Um, and a prisoner to the enemy and a prisoner to like what more things he wants to bring into your, the enemy will want to bring into your life, like fear and anger and bitterness and self-hatred and disrespect, you know, and malice and greed and hate towards others. Like those are the spirits that the enemy can bring when we are trapped down by unforgiveness. So release forgiveness, feel the pain, honor the pain release forgiveness, receive the grace that God wants to provide to you and to your family. The last R I have for us ends on a kind of higher note because it says run towards the new thing God is doing in you. Kind of similar to number two, release your fear over the future. Number five says run towards the new thing God is doing in you. When you make these steps of letting go of the pain of the past, forgiving those who have hurt you within your family, having hard conversations kind of come into play too. And we can talk about that on future episodes, but sometimes you have to have hard conversations with those you love, especially if you're trying to stay in relationship with them. But this last one is talking about running towards the new thing God is doing you. God is doing a new thing in you in 2023. You just making it to the end of this episode can let you know, can be your sign to you to say, yes, God is truly doing something new in me for me to be open to receiving this message. And if you if you feel that in, in your heart today, I want to pray over you before we end out the episode. I typically would end it out with you've been corked, but I'm going to end it out right here because I know that it's a heavy conversation and I want you to do some work after you end off this podcast and get out your notebook, write those names down, write those things that are hurting you, things that happen to you that maybe no one knows about. Ask God to give you grace to forgive. Ask God to remind you of what was good. Ask God to give you creativity to create new things and good things for yourself and for your future. Resolve the past, accept what it was, but believe that even now God can do a new thing in you and run towards the new thing God is doing. Run towards it. Stop looking in the rearview mirror. Stop looking behind you. Stop trying to pull up those memories all the time. Eyes for tunnel vision, straight ahead. I'm looking towards what God has for me. Look towards the new things that God is doing in your life. And I I declare that 2023 will be marked by a year of forgiveness, grace, and generational healing in your life. I hope you receive that word. So let me pray. Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the start of a brand new month. It's March 1st. It's the time for all things new. And you are doing something new on the inside of us, God. I thank you for those who listen to this podcast, who's going to share it with a friend or share it with a family member 
who they know will resonate to, those who are going to start to have tough conversations with those who hurt them uh, within their family dynamics and are going to become better because of it. Those who won't have those conversations because it's just too hurtful and will have to choose forgiveness and choose to live their life and make new memories for themselves. I thank you that if we have no example to look past, look back to that you're going to give us the example within ourselves. You're going to give us the examples in the Bible of people who created something new, who followed the new traditions of what their life was creating. And you're going to give us people around us, God, who can become new family to us if we don't have family around us right now. I thank you that healing is taking place. I thank you that your grace is being poured out and we're just open and ready to receive it. I thank you, God, for all the listeners of the podcast. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope that you come back for next week's episode and that you're just enjoying season two. I feel the freshness every time I record. I'm like, all right, we're on a good pace. Like something different is happening. Something new is happening. We're digging deeper. We're not sitting still. (laughs) We're taking command of the territories that we're in and we're becoming just better people, which is important. So um, if you enjoyed this podcast episode, please be sure to share it with a friend, like, subscribe and comment on the podcast so that I can hear your feedback. Every single week I say, when we get new wine, we get new power. And I encourage you to activate that power in your life this week. Ask God to give you ways to show your demonstration of your faith in your life this week. It's always a good time to start something new. It's always up to you to change the narrative of your life and do something different and allow transformation to happen in your life. And I always find that most useful, most helpful, most, you know, long lasting when I do it in relationship with God. So I hope that you enjoyed this podcast episode and I can't wait to be back with you guys next week to pour it up. I hope you guys have a good week. Bye.